0: Hello and welcome to The Long View. I'm Brendan Long. Uh, I'm an academic who's interested in things that are happening in Canberra, particularly at the moment with the impact of the COVID virus. So I'll be conducting a series of podcasts to talk to people about their concerns and to raise policy issues very relevant to the situation. And my first interview, which I'm about to start, is with John Faint, the uh, Canberra Goulburn Territory President of the St Vincent de Paul Society. So let's go straight away to the interview with John. John, thank you for joining me this morning. Um, As you know, my name is Brendan Long, and I am a researcher at the Centre for Christianity and Culture, which is part of Charles Sturt University, and um, I tend to work on the issues associated with economics and religion, Uh, tend to be focusing from a, a, a range of different perspectives, but like yourself, I'm, you know, a committed and practicing Catholic. Uh, um, and uh, the um, now you, you are the um, the territory president of uh, Canberra Gold, or the president rather of the Canberra um Territory Council of St Vincent de Paul. Now, have I got that title right? <laughs> you have, Brendan. Yeah. <laughs> so welcome indeed. Um, I'll I'll give a little bit of bi- biographical. Um, I'm a I'm doing this to try to. Encourage debate about how COVID-19 is affecting us all Uh, and like yourself I've been in Vincentian for many years and uh, but I'm not doing the visits that Finnish people do so much at the moment so I was hoping to hear from someone with grassroots experience that's really happening now like yourself so I'm a married man with um, five children Um, most of them are stuck at home but um, um, I've only got my uh, I've only got my nineteen-year-old here with me today, which is good. Otherwise, things would be a bit more chaotic. So, tell us a little bit about yourself, John, if you don't mind.
1: Um, yes, um, I've been a been sentient for about uh, fifteen years now. Um, in the In the Gowrie Parish, at, uh, where I started in the Gawler Parish. Still a member of the conference here in Tuggeranong in the ACT. Um, a, few, a couple of years after that uh, and became president very quickly I think of that conference and then a couple of years later I for, followed Warwick Fulton into the role as president of the um, the tuggeranong Monero Regional Council which is an interesting role because it covers both ACT and parts of New South Wales so we're dealing with issues across two jurisdictions mm. and that typifies the work of the Canberra Goulburn Territory Council really um, Last July, uh, I was um, then followed Warwick again into the role as Territory Council President. Uh, And I went into that role um, thinking that, uh, well, there were a few things that, well, I didn't initially, I was sort of, I suppose the hand was put up the back a little bit to get me involved, put my hand up. I mean, I was looking for someone to do the role. Mm. And I thought, you know, I thought at the time my ambitions were to try and uh, put a younger face, a more youthful face on Binnies. Uh, to um, deal with Indigenous reconciliation and um, I guess to have more vital conferences uh, as a, as a part of my agenda. But uh, I mean the, the summer drought and the bushfires uh, changed everyone's agenda a little. Um, the Canberra-Goulburn region was, and it's important in the context of COVID to understand the bushfires, because uh, Canberra-Goulburn region um, we had uh, 1,300 and 1,230 or thereabouts, I think, properties that were severely affected or destroyed in our region mm. um, across many uh, weeks um, and we're still dealing with and we'll continue to deal with the ramifications of that for a number of years. Um, and then uh, we uh, we start to sort of get ourselves in a position where we're man- managing the bushfire relief and recovery process and the COVID-19 happened. So, uh, um, I, um, I I still do uh, conference work in my local conference, but I do also a lot of uh, remote bushfire relief work at the moment. I think I've got six people to talk to after this conversation. Wow! Who are seeking yeah. assistance um, for relief and probably deal with uh, well, quite a well. It varies each week, but quite a lot uh, each week still um as we're thinking about what the next phase of our recovery work will be that work um is has been exacerbated by COVID. obviously isolation becomes a much stronger factor uh in people's lives and and it delays recovery from the the other traumas they've had through bushfires which were both in our case on the coast and then up around the batlow Adlong tumbarumba region where we had significant impacts as well um, across our region and, and even just to the south of, of Canberra. Um, I guess as a community we're sort of uh, psychologically ad- adapted a bit to bushfires because we had the 2003 bushfires in Canberra with such devastating results and I I was working for ACT government at that time and uh, in the environment area and spent three years doing bushfire recovery after those fires. Oh. Um, and so uh, it brought back a lot of that to a lot of our people in our community here, uh, what they'd gone through in terms of trauma and, uh, and unsettledness, I suppose, as a result of that, and the weeks and weeks of smoke uh, that we had in Canberra and this region. Um, so did that put us in a good place to then think about how we were going to deal with and respond to COVID? Uh, it did at one level. We were already working at a heightened level. Uh, the Territory Council, in a, in I think contrast to perhaps some of the other boards in the other states, is uh, very actively involved through its membership as members of that board in the actual relief work. Uh, we have a, a subset of the Territory Council, which is a, which is a, um, a Bushfire Task Force, and essentially those same people have then moved on essentially to also look at the COVID nineteen. Uh, situation and how we deal with it Um, obviously there's impacts on our companions and there's impacts on our society and on our organisation we have uh, gradually adapted based on the advice of government to how that works to being more and more working from home very early in the piece our contingency planning meant that we uh we worked to a and b teams and we're still working a and b teams um, so that was the first level was to deal with distancing and and contact um, very soon after I wrote to all conferences in our in our our region um, saying that anyone over 70 was not to be visiting people uh, that we were then to start thinking about strategies for limiting contact with companions uh, as we we're moving into the phase where people are being asked to stay at home and and so we still run conferences uh, we still run, but we run those as um, as a telephone service oh, yeah. and, and dropping off stuff to the driveway service. Um, some things, I mean, this week I I bought a fridge for a companion. Appliances online do a very good job um, working with people. Uh, they can keep their distance in the property. They, they've got very good procedures and protocols, so we feel confident about their service to companions. Um, So, we have a number of our our centres still open as part of the Canberra Relief Network, staffed by those members of staff who are happy to do so, uh, but under the strict social distance rules, number of people in each centre, etc., as as places where people can come and get uh, essentials, uh, clothing and the like, and, and food.
0: Um, but that's so, an amazing service that you're, you're, you're doing, John. And I mean, you know, Vinny's always is there to, to help out and has for many years. I mean, one of the things that the magic or the, or the charism rather of the Vinny's model for me always was that personal connection that, um, that you know, people make with other people um, who, as you say, are companions really on the journey rather than uh any you know that's and that's a really good way to describe them. i imagine when the sort of message came through that you could no longer visit that must have hit um you know hit the the vinnie's um volunteers pretty hard uh, Um, yes it it did certainly yeah
1: Yeah, and i and i spoke and to a lot and i think why um and and i guess it's it works differently as you probably appreciate in the ACT, we home visit yeah. mostly, uh, 99%. Very few people come to us to talk, whereas in the country, in our country conferences, it works the other way around. Yeah. Um, and people come into uh, a, an office often associated with a center for a, a discussion about the needs that they have. Yeah. Um, and so, but, but the common theme, as you say, is face to face. Um, but uh, yeah, so I did speak to a lot of, and a lot rang me about it and were concerned. Yeah. But I said, um, I, okay, there's two ways to, to look at this. Um, we, we wait for people to come to us uh, or we reach out to people. And a lot of the, the contact that we have with people um, in our conference, and I'm, I'm trying to encourage this in lots of conferences, is, is to ring those who are isolated. Um, to keep in touch, don't wait for people to call for assistance necessarily. You can be a bit more proactive. I always said Osnum didn't wait for people to call him. Yeah, that first conference, they went out and saw where the need was. Um,
0: and, so in you're uh, saying John, in and some
1: in some ways that 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 actually was quite a comfort for those older members yeah. because they could see themselves as very active
0: members yeah, of yeah, the yeah. phone, uh, talking um, to
1: people, you know.
0: It seems, what's interesting there is that you know, the adaptability of the model. Um, it looks from what you're saying is that Vinny's has found itself flexible enough to be able to change, sometimes it's long established practices, to be able to respond, um, you know, to the new conditions of COVID, which is, which is impressive. But there must be, there must be sticking points. I mean, there must be points of frustration Maybe things that government could do better, or maybe just um, yeah. things that uh, it's possible to change to uh, facilitate the role. I mean, that you do, particularly as we mentioned earlier, as you mentioned earlier, you know, we're hearing a lot about this people struggling emotionally at the moment, you know, with isolation. Uh, just finished. Well, we... I mean, the school holidays and and they're all they're all suffering from isolation but i mean for those really suffering you know um how i mean how do we uh, how are we going with that challenge
1: it's a it is a major challenge in our community and maybe the well two things i mean obviously a lot of the people that we work with who are isolated in that way aren't necessarily tech savvy they're not likely to be on the yeah. zoom and talking to people yeah. i mean they all have a phone um and uh i guess it's to me it's saying um there's a lot of value in the social connection that we have with people as much as the the food and the other physical yeah. things that we provide people um and uh it's probably uh, to some extent i hope uh, may shift some of the emphasis in the way we assist people and maybe in the future the governments could look at where they position people to help in the community or, or fund us or others to improve the social engagement that we have with um, people in our communities. I mean, the, the sort of programs that we run at the moment are self-funded in that area. Yeah. For instance, um, the COMPARE program, which works with um, companioning people with mental health issues, is something we fund from our doorknock appeal. It's not yeah. funded by governments. Um, You know, it's the sort of program that runs in a number of states. But I mean, they're they're the sort of things I would have thought. Well, that's an interesting one.
0: See, that's a nice little direct challenge straight to the ACT government. There isn't it? I mean, if other states are funding these programs that Vinnies and others presumably run, well, um, I don't know
1: that they are either. That's the problem. You see, I think it's a national issue. I don't. I mean. uh, it runs in Victoria, Queensland, I think, as right. well as us and New South Wales. But it's all done within our own uh, our own funding, and it's not like it's an expensive program. Um, if I could compare it with, you know, we get funding from ACT government to do home energy uh, program. Yeah, uh, that's right? Right. so we work with companions on energy efficient appliances and and uh, making their houses better like that. So it reduces their utility costs, which is good. Uh, but Uh, it's a relatively modest program and so you know in the mental health space uh, a compare type program is similarly a very modest program that could be rolled out and
0: and we just had the 10 year anniversary special special training or 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 not not, we
1: we spoke about that at our last um interestingly just before all this bushfire and COVID blew up we had a, a very very good workshop on um Communication within our society between staff members and volunteers, mm. and uh, and one of the issues that came out of that was that we um, we extend mental first ha- mental health first aid training to all uh, all our members, and we're going to, we're working we we started on that process, and of course COVID's helped not helped us, but we oh, have set so. up a new we have set up a new training platform online training platform within uh, our our power uh, in Venice here as a start of that
0: process. That's excellent Look, you know from what everyone's saying even though in ACT in particular and even in uh, immediately regional New South Wales nearest the COVID COVID, um, uh, infection rates obviously dropping dramatically but still there's no immediate indication that uh, the long-term economic effects are, are not going to Hang around for quite some time, and even though social isolation isolation measures will decrease, they're still going to be present in some form for some time. So
1: I I I agree. Um, we're seeing a drop off at the moment in calls to our call centre, and I think that's partly partly due to the fact that people have got extra money through Centrelink. Those people that rely on welfare payments, jobs, um, yeah, job job keeper and um, job seeker and all that sort of thing happening but uh what we're concerned about is when that tapers off we yeah. funding the impact of that funding and that assistance we're going to get a rebound effect and a and a, and a lot more calls for assistance um, yeah and it's
0: going to be and that raises a really interesting policy challenge for government too in that um when we give people these extra funds and you've said interestingly that that you're noticing the positive you know the fact that you're not getting as many calls uh, But so, it might uh, also
1: be people conscious of the fact that they're in isolation as well and not wanting to call now so they're saving it right. up as well
0: right I yeah. think there's two, say, there's two factors yeah. So, so in, in the immediate anecdotal evidence seems to suggest from what you're saying that increase in payment seems to be related to a reduction in calls for assistance so yeah yeah, what's going to happen then is the government's going to face a very difficult choice in say six months time when they've realized that um, you know the increase the higher payment rate has um, you know been well received and needed by people in genuine need and they're gonna to have to make that decision as to whether they're going to go back to the old lower rate yeah. which I as an economist and religious researcher argue has traditionally been far too low uh, and yeah, particularly quote, things like New Start. Yeah, 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 and and yeah. Um, and so they're going to have to have that difficult decision. But it's interesting already that the evidence is that you're seeing some benefit from the increased payment rates already yeah. in people's lives. Um,
1: yeah, I mean it, it's um, and and uh, that's that's true, and and I. I I, um, but I'm just not sure how it'll play out I mean I think if they can increase New Start that which is something we've been campaigning as a society yeah, okay. for for ages yeah sure um, I don't I don't think uh, the government will see will see it as returning to the old I think they'll there'll be a, there'll be a new uh, paradigm I think for the way um, you know social funding and assistance is provided after the COVID I think. Uh, uh, sadly, where you need a disaster to sometimes
0: yeah, yeah, shift Yeah, and that's the yeah, and great line things. of um, Obama's former chief advisor, you know, never waste a good crisis, you know, but the uh, in terms of yeah. being able to bring forward reform. But what's interesting, and I find frustrating actually, even though I'm a, an economist, is that um, you've got the business community, you've got the mining lobby, you've got uh, a bunch of parts of the, 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 the country saying, oh look, this has got to be now a chance for new crack a tax reform, industrial relations reform, and so forth. Well, that's fair enough, but yet again, why not also see this now as a chance to um, really, really reform uh, the structure of the uh, income support system? You know? Yeah,
1: I mean uh, the social wage and yeah. you know all those those things that uh, we've,
0: we've always they, got they, they, this guaranteed minimum income thing going on at the moment, which is this. Sort well, of I mean
1: that's a sort of very Scandinavian thing.
0: Which, yeah, um, I'm no economist. Uh, you know, like, uh, I'm he- no,
1: I'm definitely no economist. My background's definitely not, even though I worked in public policy for forty odd years, only retiring last year. But um, yeah. but that was more on the environment and water. Uh, yeah, space, but it's interesting.
0: So- like, um, and it's just something to think about that we've actually moved towards this world of um, where we're we've largely increased the payment level. And you know, when you look at the combination of this JobKeeper and JobSeeker allowance, when you add the family tax benefit to the JobSeeker, it's about the same as the JobKeeper mucking around somewhere between the thirteen dollars to $1,500 a fortnight, right? So yeah. we sort of benchmark that as, at the moment, so to speak, it's sort of where we are as the minimum sort of income at the moment, and that's basically double or close to double of what it was. Two months
1: ago <laughs> yeah so and I mean uh, and the government gets you correct me or the economist the government gets some of that back people go and spend that money they're not oh, going to yeah, save it
0: yeah and,
1: and the GST money. GST comes back um, yeah. on all the products people purchase I mean it it must help with economic activity
0: yeah yeah For um, every dollar you give a person in in wage you tend to get about two dollars fifty back in terms of economic activity and then the uh, uh, you know, of which thirty uh, percent of that usually flows back to the government through taxes. Right? They're the big, you know, big headline numbers. But it's just interesting for me that to, to to first interesting thing was to hear you say that, already you're seeing, you know, the effect. And secondly, you know, how we're going to have to journey with people when the government decides perhaps to cut it back, if it decides yeah. to cut it back, and and the shock that that's going to have, um, you know, is could be, um, you know, could be really dramatic. Um, I'd love to yeah, have... um, go on. Yeah.
1: yeah, I know. I was going to say we could talk, have another catch up a bit further yeah, down yeah. the track, and see see when we later in the year know yeah. what it looks like a bit more. I mean, the other thing for us, I mean, you're just focusing a bit on on conferences, I suppose, in COVID. Yeah. Um, is our traditional model of conferences uh, with COVID? I think is an opportunity to then re- look again at how we how we uh, construct conferences and uh, how that all works. Um, as you be very much aware, we have an ageing membership in our conferences, yeah. and um, and uh, and I know New South Wales is very keen on uh, setting targets about uh, making more youthful conferences and. Um, you know, we we need to to look at that ourselves, and um, and I suppose channel people who are of any age into the work that's best suited to them, and the what that they will provide opportunities across the spectrum. Obviously, when people are young and busy with families, you know, being a conference member is not necessarily the best place to be but uh, <laughs> and we, we create and, and because they've got other things on oh, there, uh, remind
0: um, me I used to have to I used to, I used to coach cricket teams and then have to leave the game to go and do a visit but, um, but, but uh, you know, uh, a lot of people are, are not a, I
1: mean I'm a bit the same but I mean probably we're probably compulsive volunteers so there's a difference <laughs> um, you, you, but there isn't a sense of uh, making volunteering part of normal life yeah. which is what we're talking about in some ways but also uh, we have in our institutional sort of frameworks things which are a bit strange we have a thing called members and we have a thing called volunteers and essentially in in a legal sense they're all members actually uh, under work health and safety legislation or whatever Um, and so it's a question about what is your career in Vinnie's going to look like through your life Really, Mm. from a mini-vinny's person in a school working on you know issues uh, and concerned about social justice and all those sort of things, as they do a lot of work right through to at the other end of your life when you're part of a a um, a Bailey's conference where where prayer and phone contact is your main work that you do, and a spectrum right through that, which might mean in some time that you're spending looking after homelessness on the night patrol or you're doing work in a centre. you're in conferences we tend to um, compartmentalize things a lot but at the same time we don't recognize that a lot of people actually do work both as members and volunteers with different hats on at different times Um, and uh, we did a bit hung up on all our our conference members are aging let's because we don't see the total resource that we have in our society uh, that can lend assistance to the work that a conference needs to do or you know so
0: it's, yeah,
1: it's starting to think in a different, slightly different way about how we, how we marshal the resources that we have, and use the technology which this COVID is making us much more aware of, to to help us keep in touch and to manage things and organise ourselves. Yeah, um, and and uh, you know I think I'm excited about a new order into the future. Uh, I think there's a lot of discussion about, well, there's certainly discussion about that at the National Council, which when you're president at the ta- this Territory Council level, all of a sudden you take on another role as part of the National Council, yeah. um, which is a, a broader strategic role. And we've been working recently on a new strategic plan. And I had the privilege of working on that as part of a small team, which will be now working with the National Council to finalise uh, and a lot of the things we've just discussed are sort of part of what we're trying to think about in, in nationally as, as a society as much as just in our Canberra-Goulburn area. Um, That's excellent. I think, and, uh,
0: yeah. Interesting to see how um, uh, you know like a crisis can bring forward innovation you know <laughs> and, well, and it even pushes running...
1: things faster I think yeah
0: well you know like I uh, mean this is more the religious thinker in me than the economist coming out now but I mean there's like you know uh, um just writing a piece at the moment about hope in the, in, in in affliction and you know it's so you've got a we've got a situation of death in the world not so bad in australia but you know seventy three thousand or whatever dead in america but you know so there's an experience of death but still even in that you know there is some you know sometimes there's also an experience of life as well and you know you're just saying look adapting to the the new world, Um, the COVID world, has implications for the way Vinny's functions and and actually leads potentially to, you know, encourage or stimulate, you know, those sort of reforms to the institution that were probably going to happen anyway, but, um, you know, know, sort of leads to that innovation. So, you know, good comes out of evil sometimes, I suppose.
1: Yeah, I mean... uh... (laughs) There's a lot more people talking to each other than probably before COVID um, across yeah. the organisation, uh, nationally and yeah. locally. And, and Surprisingly, parents
0: will bit more time with their kids too. I'm not sure if that, yeah. I don't know if dad's a good teacher or not, but as far as the kids are concerned, <laughs> but, um, but at least that's happening. John, it's a privilege to talk to you. Um, I'll ho- Hopefully we will have a chance to hook up with um, you a bit later to see how... Things are tracking when COVID gets, say, more serious in three or four months' time, and it'd be. Yeah, interesting.
1: I'm, I just thanks, thanks, Brennan. I will just comment that we have had to stand down some people. We yeah. have, etc. Oh yeah, so oh, well, interesting. And, and all the staff are working um, four-day weeks at the moment, right? Yeah, from the CEO yeah. down. So there are some financial adaptations, yeah. some business adaptations we've had to make. Um, not as tough as, say, South Australia, who stood down a significant number of their, their people. Um, we try to take a Vincentian approach to that and looking after each individual. We're smaller, we can maybe adapt yeah. a bit easier. It's um, a challenge but... facing a lot of
0: church institutions at the moment, and not just church ones, but um, I think the whole of the charitable sector is um, you know, uh, facing problems of revenue, and um and that unfortunately does affect uh well i mean
1: it it, it and it took us um nearly a month to sort out with the federal government the to reduce from 30 to 50 percent the reduction in turnover trigger for us to access JobKeeper so um you know that having got that made a big difference because we were looking at quite you know, running insolvent in a few months um, if we hadn't had that Right, happen. that's interesting.
0: But, so that's interesting and that's... So that's
1: how serious it's been for us. Yeah,
0: that's, and, and not just you from what I'm hearing. I mean, the Treasurer put yeah. out another press release late on last Friday indicating that, that you know, there's a range of charities facing the same constraints, um, including some international charities as well.
1: So Yeah, like, I mean, it's... I mean, it's because a lot of our, you know, our funding. Well, they were trying to count all the funding that we got from from governments to,
0: sure.
1: uh, which is tied. We can't sure. use it for other things. And
0: they seem yeah, to be giving so. you the flexibility to be able to um, either include that or not include that. Depends. Upon. Yeah,
1: now we've got that that now. Yeah, yeah. which is good.
0: Yeah. John, okay. yeah, That's tremendous. Um, and thank you very much for being generous with your time. I look forward to um, uh, talking to you some time later on. I'll also probably take the opportunity to to speak to my friend Toby O'Connor, who I used to work for at Catholic Welfare Australia, now Catholic (laughs) Social Services Australia, and uh, I'll get the national perspective from him, and it'll be interesting. Oh,
1: you'll get the full bottle there, yeah. Uh,
0: I know Toby well, and it'll be interesting to compare the national perspective with the grassroots perspective. But the grassroots perspective is always very, very welcome.